0: Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. As always, we are cracking open a fresh new edition of the show, and to my guest that I will name in a second, that's not a beer, that's a Diet Coke. So, <laughs> so before I introduce my guest, I tell you, I gotta tell all of you guys that every time I do this show, I give it, I give it my all. I try to get the best guests out there. A lot of people are time-constrained, and sometimes I end up having to do the show solo. Met a lot of great people around this trip and a lot of great people that I've recorded with. But this time, this guest is, is not something we see every day on the Tom Green podcast. This guest works with one of the teams that are representing the NFL on Championship Sunday. This guest has worn a puffy shirt to an interview <laughs> and I'm not joking. She's laughing in the background, I know. Her name is not Meredith Vieira, even though she might become as famous as her at some point. Her name is Meredith Gorman. She works for the Pats. Welcome to the show, Meredith.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: You bet. Uh, before, Of course, before we get star- started, i got to give a few shout-outs here. Uh, one of them is to a Patriots fan that I've tweeted on my personal Twitter at TomTV23 many times before. Christina Procon, I've seen a lot of her Patriots tweets and stuff. And in fact, had it not been for her tweet wishing you a happy birthday, <laughs> Meredith, I don't know, I don't know if this show would have happened because <laughs> I, I might not have skimmed across your page. So, Christina, hope everything's going well. She's been a tweet a tweeter of mine. For many years, at TomTV23, my personal Twitter. Also, a shout out to Tori Petri, as she's kind of the you of the Detroit Lions. She's kind of helped me along as I've started this podcast and helped me, you know, kind of help, kind of help me contact people professionally and you know help help me establish my professional craft. Because I think we all have a personal craft that sometimes we don't want to expose. So, besides the fact, uh, thanks, Tori, for getting me along. And I think she'll really enjoy this show with you, Meredith. And also, um, happy birthday to a couple of our former guests, Gray Robertson and Nick Ozen. Had a birthday a couple of days apart. And a couple of Boston people that I also want to work with at some point. One of them works for Barstool, Casey Smith. 've I've seen a lot of her tweets and she's done a lot of great stuff as well as Red Sox reporter Garen Austin I'd kind of like to work with her at some point for some MLB show so they're listening thanks for listening along and shout outs to all those great people as Meredith knows I've met a lot of people haven't I I'm sure you've seen my networking thread oh yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like to talk to people it's one of my one of my specialties so um, as people know I'm Still trying to get into the sports world as I'm a free agent in the sports business. I even told Meredith off-air that I still work at my job at Kroger's, which in Massachusetts would be a stop-and-shop. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I got to ask her, uh, what inspired you to uh, work in the sports organization, work for the Patriots in the Boston sports media?
1: Well, you know, it goes back to when I was in college. I was at Northeastern and I knew I wanted to work in reporting. I knew I wanted to work in sports journalism. I knew it was super competitive and I think that the only way that I was going to be able to decide if I wanted to do it or not was to try and intern places, see if I liked it. I ended up falling in love with it and the rest is kind of history and I've been in Boston on and off ever since and hey, it hasn't steered me wrong. And I've been pretty blessed to be able to work for the Patriots and cover the Patriots for the past couple years. So, you know, it was a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work, and a lot of not taking no for an answer or not letting rejection stop me from you know, trying to reach my dream career. And for you, you say, oh, I'm working at Kroger right now, but I think you're doing whatever you can to get into the business and, hey, you got to get some kind of
0: income somehow, so I think you're doing everything right. Exactly, and I appreciate it. And then Something I'll say is, believe it or not, your first game, I, I did notice that you had worked in Detroit for your first game against the Patriots. Well, I didn't know you at the time, but it was at that game, and that's kind of when I got the bi- one of the big rejections from the show was from Tori, because I tried to work with her for uh, Lions, or not Lions something, uh, Michigan, Florida. And unfortunately, her schedule just didn't work out, and that was kind of the first big rejection. And I and I decided to, you know what, turn to other guests, turn to other people, uh-huh. and for and not be afraid to go solo on it. So that was kind of the thing that started to fuel me to keep doing this show. So we all we like it, like you said, we all have we. Somebody says no sometimes. And uh-huh. we can't we can't let that stop us. You got it. You got to let it fuel you. As Jim Harbaugh said, and like I said, I'm a Michigan fan. As Jim Harbaugh said after the loss to Michigan State in 17, it just adds fuel to the fire. Uh mm-hmm.
1: huh. Absolutely. And I think that you know whether it's trying to get a TV job and sending your reel out to hundreds of TV stations and getting a bunch of rejections or you know, trying to set up a meeting with someone and getting rejected. All it takes is that one yes. And for me, that one yes was what I needed to start my career when I was first graduating college and looking for my first on-air job. And I took an unconventional route. I worked in a newspaper. The editor-in-chief was willing to take a chance on me. I was pretty green at being on air. I had only ever really worked in sports production. Um, and that one yes it was an unconventional route that, but that one yes propelled me, and it was a great opportunity, and it got me to where I am today. And of course, I still want to keep going. I'm not where I want to be, you know, um, necessarily in terms of you know reaching my full career dream one day. But these small yeses have to keep propelling you because you're going to get a lot of no's in this in this industry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, is this podcast is also affiliated with a small group called Three Point Stance Magazine, and Brandon Rush and Jeff Lyons saw my talent on my TomTV23 Twitter and said, you want to do a podcast? I said yes, and now three, three, two and a half seasons later, here I am with, with a laptop, with a professional guest on the show, recording recording something special, so it's... Like I said, just adding fuel to the fire. So another question I'll ask before we get to the championship previews are, uh, do you have any, any advice for those like me or for those that are listening and want to start their own podcast or work in sports, for those for those people? Any advice?
1: Yeah, so the advice that I would give is do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door somewhere. So for me, I'm just going to give some some example of what I did in college, basically. I, I'm i going to say I paid for college myself, so I took out loans. By no means did I have really the financial budget to do this, but I had an opportunity to fly myself down from Boston to the SEC football game of the week on CBS. Um, The production coordinator said, hey, we'd love to have you work as a production runner for us, basically. You know, you're doing everything. You're bringing the sideline reporter water. You're taking out the trash out of the production trucks. You're answering the phones in the trucks when the PR people call with injury updates. You're basically, you know, the very bottom of the totem pole. But for me, I looked at that as this is a rare opportunity. Somebody said, yes, here, you can do this. And for me, I looked at it as, all right, I want to get my foot in the door at CBS. This could be a good way for me to do it. So, you know, I looked at my bank account. There wasn't much money in there to afford flights down south every weekend. So after I was done with classes at Northeastern every day, I would go and I would waitress at a little bar restaurant in downtown Boston, and I would save that money. And I would use it to pay for my flight down to work the SEC game of the week. And it was a small role, but I took full ownership in that role and I kept my eyes on my long term goal and I was like, I'm gonna use this to network, you know, absorb this experience as much as I can and hopefully there'll be a return on investment. You know, my mom was like, Meredith, you're crazy, like you're wasting money, like You know, I wasn't breaking even when I was getting paid at the end of these weekends. But in my head, I was like, Mom, you might think I'm crazy, but I have a goal here and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So long story short, at the end of the football season, you know, the producer had noticed and he said, you know, Meredith, that's kind of cool that you're coming all the way from Boston to work these games. And when it all came together at the end, I ended up getting an internship or co-op at Northeastern, as they're called, um, in production at CBS Sports, and I lived in New York City for about seven months or eight months working as an intern, and then I ended up working full-time as a features production assistant at CBS Sports Network before um, going back to Northeastern to finish my last semester of school, but You know, once I got back to Boston, it was just trying to get my foot in the door anywhere. And if it was logging game footage, or you know, just doing kind of tasks that weren't on camera necessarily, um, I looked at it as a way to network. And I think that in this industry, when you network and you, you know, doing exactly what you are even doing, just reaching out to people. um, But when you grow your network, people are always willing to help you and everybody knows somebody that might be able to help you and it's just being exposed to these people and being in an environment where you're able to continue to you know meet people that who knows they might hire you down the line um so i think it's just trying to find a crack you know in the door somewhere that you can squeeze your foot in and also looking at unconventional ways to get into the industry like for me I, I thought I would end up in a small market right out of Northeastern, working in local news at a TV station, and I didn't get a job at any of those places, and I remember when I was in college, I had been doing a paper, and I met mm-hmm. with the editor-in-chief at the Boston Herald, and he was like, you know, keep in touch, whatever, and so as I started looking for a job a few months later... I reached out to him. I didn't think there was any opportunity for me there because it was a newspaper and I didn't really know if I wanted to write and it wasn't on camera or whatever. But I reached out to him. He ended up hiring me as an editorial assistant. And he was like, but I promise you will be able to do some stuff on camera again. I was writing obituaries and stuff, but he let me go on camera here and there and he was open to any ideas I had because they were trying to grow their digital presence. I kept asking every day, can I cover like the Patriots practice? Can I cover OTAs for the Patriots? Can I cover minicamp? And eventually, when a reporter left, they hired me full-time as a multimedia reporter. And I got to cover basically all the sports in Boston and be on camera every single day. And it all was because I saw a little opportunity in the door that wasn't even what I wanted to do but I turned it into something more so my advice for anybody in the industry is that trying to get into the industry is look for unconventional routes just reach out to everybody you possibly can be willing to do you know tasks that aren't necessarily your dream job that you want to do but just be places where you're going to be able to meet people and um never give up that would be what I would what I would say
0: Awesome, awesome advice, and and uh, th- and I will say before we get going to the previews, uh, three point stance has let me go down to Lions training camp, of uh, course on my own dime and cover okay. it. And like that one, the Lions Patriots game I went to, I did some stuff for three point stance, even though I was a fan in the stance. So, That's great. Exactly, and also one of um, one of the people that uh, that I've yeah uh, that inspired me, uh, Dick Enberg. I was never able to meet him, but. Uh, one of the great people I've known, Laura Rutledge, is, that was her mentor. Uh, he started as a janitor at a radio station in Sag- in uh, Central Michigan, CMU. And he moved, moved his way up to sports announcer. And, of course, as you've seen, he's had one heck of a career.
1: Absolutely. So, see, you just have to get your foot in the door somewhere. And if you are determined enough, you can probably make something happen, whether it's at that place. Or if it's, you know, someone you work with might know someone in a different place and that can help you. So you just can't give up and you never know who or how somebody will end up helping you.
0: Exactly. So why don't we get to these uh, championship game previews? That's a great conversation about advice and networking. Uh, we're going to start with NFC. I know that isn't your forte, but I have a podcast super fan. His name is Alex DeWitt who was on the show last week, the show that I had showed to you and he's a Rams fan. So it's pretty unavoidable of the uh, the NFC championship game, but I'll give you a simple question and I'll I'll go on a little few minute tangent about the game. And that question to you is if the Patriots advance to the Super Bowl, which team would be their toughest, the the toughest team that they would face from that, from those two. You know,
1: I think it's, tough because both of those teams look amazing. But I think the Saints and Drew Brees would be the the tougher opponent. I also think it'd be the coolest opponent, though, because what a storyline. Drew Brees and Tom Brady up against each other down there in Atlanta. um, That would be just a crazy matchup, and it would be great. And I think for the NFC that it's going to be the Saints year. So we'll see how the games this weekend pan out.
0: What do you think? Oh, definitely. And one thing before I go, before I talk about my keys to the game is that I can't believe I'm about to tell a Patriots reporter this, but I've told people on an offensive line, it doesn't matter if Tom Brady or Tom Green is your quarterback, you need an offensive line to protect him. Absolutely. <laughs> and as you've seen, I am no small individual. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, keys to the game for the Rams and Saints, of course, Alex is happy about the Rams win. And of course they, they had a strong running game with Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson, which I'll be honest with you. I was in Toledo last weekend with my drinking buddies. And of course we were having a few during the game. We called CJ Anderson, the Christmas ham. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the key is pound the rock with Gurley and the Christmas ham, CJ Anderson, uh, utilize cooks and woods, perhaps woods as a jet sweep guy. Uh, Keep keep Latimore and the Saints' defense off balance. And as for the Rams' defense, get turnovers. If they can get turnovers off Drew Brees, then they can advance to the Super Bowl for a rematch of how well, Adam Ver- Vinatieri broke St. Louis's hearts years ago. Keys to a Saints win. Uh, pound like, like the Rams, pound the rock with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, which Mark Ingram's from Flint, won the Heisman. He's actually from Flint, which is about an hour away from where I live. So pound the rock, get Michael Thomas involved. Um, try try to beat Akib to Leave the best you can. Uh, also keep one of my favorite NFL memes, Akib to Leave and Steve Smith. Still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> 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 and as and as for the Saints defense, um, pressure golf. And I think experience is a big factor here, as it will be in our next game that we'll preview. I see a saints win as well in this game. And I'm going to say higher scoring as, as the four teams that are in the playoffs now are the highest scoring teams, the NFL. Uh-huh. Give me the saints. 42, 38. will Lutz field goal. Similar to how, uh, the saints beat the Vikings in 2009. He should have ran it, not passed it. Brett Favre will advance the saints to super bowl. 53. Uh, uh, if you can answer, who do you think is going to win this game?
1: I mean, look, I'm no, I, I'm no expert. I have no idea how it's going to turn out, but I think, I mean, it's going to be a great game. Definitely. I think the Saints are going to win.
0: Definitely. Okay. So, we'll we, so we both have the Saints advancing the Super Bowl. Also, Drew Brees is, was my fantasy franchise quarterback. Whenever I played fantasy football, I'd grab him, guaranteed. 4,500 yards, 12 passing touchdowns. It's like, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> <laughs> so we both think the Saints will advance to Super Bowl 53. As for the AFC championship game, uh, the last time the the Patriots visited Kansas City, and I'll do my best coach voice, this this happened. Do you think a 37-year-old, you know, we're on to Cincinnati? Something about <laughs> the past, something about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. And I'll tell you, um, when I heard that quote, one, I knew the Patriots were going to be red hot after that. But two, I thought to myself, you know, this is kind of how I should go about life right now. Because at at 2014, I was 19 years old. I had my first beer in Ontario, because it's legal at age 19. And I thought to myself, you know (laughs) what? If I have a bad quiz, we're on to Cincinnati. If I have a breakup, it. we're on to Cincinnati. If, if I get into a spat with my dad, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> so you know I, what
1: Bill always says, you know, you, and people around the organization, it's just you got to have short-term memory.
0: Exactly, he said it on a football life. We got to turn the page. Twenty-four hours later, we got to advance to the next game. The media is still going to be talking about it as they're paid to do, but we got to move on to the next game. That's just one out of sixteen. Uh And I'll even say to people, uh, and this is, and I'm not trying to dog him, I'm trying to, um, um, let's see, compliment you when I'm saying this. You did about as much preparation for Saints-Rams as Bill Belichick did for the Super Bowl. And that's exactly how much preparation he needs to do because we have a game in hand right here that we have to win. And we can't even think about the Super Bowl before this game is won. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I'm sure the way that Bill prepares, I mean, it's truly amazing. And I'm sure he's already been watching tape. I mean, I, I just think that the way that Bill prepares as a coach, he's watched tape on all of the potential teams that they could have, they could potentially play in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I don't know, his preparation His preparation just seems like, you know, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before.
0: Yes, and before the Patriots-Lions game, I was hearing from um... – Justin Rogers, Tim Twentyman, that uh, he was talking about the Lions as if they were gonna they were gonna run the table after going zero two. <laughs> so he has a lot of great compliments for just about any team in the league. Well, maybe not the Raiders, but that's because they're rebuilding. But besides the point, <laughs> he likes he, he has compliments for just about every team. So Bill Bill prepares well. So um, it, I'll ask you: Is there a rematch factor? in the locker room right now because these guys have met earlier this year?
1: No, you know, I think they're looking at it as that meeting earlier this year was helpful because they were able to familiarize themselves with that team a bit. But things have changed. This team, the, ch- the Chiefs have changed, um, and this is a really important game. I mean, it's the AFC Championship, and – they're going to give it everything they got. I think that the real mentality in the locker room this week around the team is, you know, I mean, frankly, they're underdogs in this game and the Patriots are really embracing that mentality. I talked to a couple guys in the locker room this week. You know, I did a couple interviews and they really are, you know, they're believing, you know, people are doubting us and they're believing in each other so much. They're hungry. They know that people have said that they haven't done a good job on the road this year. They know what people are saying. You know, it's just all around them. So they want to prove the doubters wrong. And this team is hungry. They found their identity. I think that they are preparing as well as they possibly can, and they're going to bring their A game to Kansas City. But, of course, Kansas City is going to be a really hard place to play. I mean, the fans there are going to be crazy. It's just it's going to be a good game, but these Patriots are going to be fired up and ready to go.
0: Yes, definitely. And also another factor, and I even told Meredith before, bring your alpaca socks to Kansas City. Because it's going to oh, yeah. be zero degrees, roughly, at kickoff. I'll be glad to be in a heated house while I watch this game, and not on the sidelines. As I assume you will be in Kansas City, bring the alpaca socks. Uh, I've heard. I've heard, I've heard oh, about. I've heard about the plastic bag over normal socks. Uh, just anything you can do to stay warm. Stay by the heaters. Uh, even if it's dangerous, stay by the heaters, <laughs> <laughs> because you're going you're gonna to need it. <laughs> so, uh, keys to the game. Um, how, do, uh, how does Kansas City advance to the Super Bowl?
1: Man, well, let's say, if, if we look at it from a Patriots perspective, sure. here's what I think that they need to do.
0: Otherwise, Kansas City is going to beat them. How about that? Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I mean, when you you look at the offensive
1: line, I mean, as we spoke about it earlier, Tom Brady needs the O-line to protect him or nothing's going to happen, right? And the offensive line has done a very good job. You know, last week we saw them do a great job. Tom Brady, I think he was hit two times. He wasn't sacked at all against the Chargers in the divisional round. So, I mean, I think that the offensive line needs to do a good job protecting Tom Brady. You know, guys need to do a good job blocking, you know, between the O line and the tight ends, like they did last week, and creating holes to get the running game going. I mean, Sony Michelle could be a really big key for this game. I mean, he had three touchdowns and a huge forty-yard run against the Chargers last week, and he is having quite a rookie season. Um, and an interesting stat about Sony Michelle. Patriots are 5-0 and this season when he rushes for over 100 yards. So if they can get the running game going and getting him, get him going, I mean, I think they that could be a key to beating the Chiefs for sure. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have a lot of offensive weapons. Tyreek Hill, one of them, he's a the name that the guys mentioned in the locker room a lot this week. Um, they got to find a way to stop him, and when you watch game footage of the Chiefs, I think that, you know, you notice certain things in terms of their coverages. And I think if the Patriots play man to man, they might have a better chance of just stopping that offense. Because when you look at the statistics, Pat Mahomes is the highest grading quarterback against zone coverages this year. So if you play zone against him, Uh, Your chances chances of stopping him aren't too good. Now, my last key, I think, is obviously stopping Patrick Mahomes. You need the pass rushers to step up on the Patriots. The defense has found their groove. They're rolling right now. They believe in themselves. Like I said, they kind of are embracing that underdog mentality. They have a chip on their shoulder. I just... You know, Pat Mahomes has just shown how dangerous of a quarterback he can be. He's a dual threat. they got to find a way to stop stop him. And I think that one of the keys for the defense is that they need to get off to a quick start and contain him early like they did against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers and show pressure early. Otherwise, the Chiefs are going to get off to a quick start like they've been doing all year. And once they get rolling and get that momentum, it could be really tough for the Patriots to catch up.
0: Yeah, it could, it could end up like the game that led to we're on to Cincinnati
1: if exactly. if
0: things do not go well. So my keys to the game, I'll say, first for the Chiefs, um, the Patriots' defense has to stop three great rushing teams if they want to win the Super Bowl. They have done one, Melvin Gordon and the Chargers. Next yeah. is Damian Williams and the Chiefs. One thing that I'm surprised did not mention is their running game, of course. Minus Kareem Hunt, and we know that the, what he did, either either argument, either the domestic violence or the fact that he lied about it, both are bad. Tells you I have morals. So, besides the point, uh, running game. Um, establish the running game with Damian Williams. Uh-huh. Uh, Pat, Pat Mahomes, get the ball to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And, of course... You might even have to use your left hand, as we've seen him in a couple times before. And Chiefs defense, uh, show up, because we've seen that when they show up, they actually do stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Beating Indianapolis, because if you had the Chiefs defense in fantasy, oh my, Swiss cheese, I tell you, Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Keys to a Patriots victory, um... I liked the screen passes to James White. Um, I, I'm a DraftKings player, so I really enjoyed whenever Tom Brady passed the ball to James White. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Gronk has Gronk has been more of a blocking tight end more than yes. passing in in this season. So if Gronk can block efficiently and still get a couple catches, you'll stop that. You'll stop the defense on that side. Of course. Like I said, Kansas City defense, I'm not sure if they're even here. But besides the point, uh, defense, stop, stop the running game. Uh, like I said, three three great running teams you have to face to win the Super Bowl. Whether it be the Rams or the Saints in the next round, we'll see. But stop the run. Um, honestly, um, if you've ever watched games from the Bulls of the 90s, whenever Jordan scored over 50 points, They lost. Whenever, whenever the, big, the big star has his day, they still lose. So believe it or not, and, I, and this might not be the actual game plan, um, it's okay if Mahomes gets a ton of yards. Just stop him from the end zone and stop the running game. If you can do that, you perhaps can win. Because we saw in the Detroit game where they can't stop the run, yikes. <laughs> and, you, and you have people saying, oh, my God, the Lions beat the Patriots. Oh, my God. That's kind of what the reaction was up here when that happened. So um, if you can answer unbiasedly, who is going to win this game?
1: I'm going to take the Patriots here. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, you know, about the Chiefs defense showing up, you know, they play really well at home. And I think that something that kind of gets overlooked is they've allowed half as many points at home this year than on the road. So how they played against the Patriots when they came to New England earlier this season might be completely different than how they play this weekend. But I think that if the Patriots offense gets going early, they get off to a fast start, and the defense keeps playing the way that they did against the Chargers, the Patriots win this one
0: yeah i could this is either going to be a close game right down to the wire or or this game will be over by the end of the first quarter i yeah, could and you see can't it.
1: bet against tom brady when he's fired up about you know people doubting the team and you know he he loves winning and that mentality just around the team right now i mean you can't bet against them
0: Yes, I'm going to go. I went with Saints Patriots as my Super Bowl before the playoffs started. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win. Uh and I I'll, and I'll go bold because I went bold to get Meredith on the show. I'm going to go bold in my prediction. Uh 42 to 20. Give me the Patriots. Okay. Give me the Patriots. Like uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, you like that? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite from that was Chris Baker. You like that? You like that? I like that. (laughs) 42 to 20, give me the Patriots. You have a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl. So, before we uh, get going with the end of the show, I'll have you talk a little bit about something uh, near and dear to, I guess I would say, your heart as well as the Patriots' hearts. Tell us a little bit about Philip Lipolis. Yeah, so I actually
1: just... Saw Philip's story on Twitter a couple days ago, and he's a young man battling cancer from Walpole, Massachusetts. Well, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Foxborough, right near the stadium, right down the road from the stadium. And it looks like he's a Patriots fan. And his grandmother reached out to a local news station and asked for people in the New England area or wherever they are to send him some cards to help him and lift his spirits as he fights cancer. And the first instinct I had when I read that article was, I'm going to send him a card. So I wrote a card out to him and I put it in my mailbox this morning. So hopefully it gets to him in the next couple of days, just with some encouraging words for him as he fights his battle with cancer. And cheering him on and letting him know that, you know, I'm keeping him in my prayers and I'm thinking about him. And I hope that other people will do the same. And that was one of the reasons why I tweeted out, you know, the message to my Twitter followers, because I hope people follow suit because you never know, you know, something small, you know, writing a card for somebody doesn't take that much time, but it could have a really big impact on this young man's life. So I just hope that People follow
0: suit. Yes, definitely. And, and and to anyone listening to the podcast, I will tweet the link out after I post a show to that cause. And, in fact, I will probably send a card out either tomorrow or this weekend so that he gets more encouragement from yours truly. I've gone through a couple, well, not myself, but my a couple of my friends have gone through and unfortunately lost cancer battles. One of them, Connor Bent, to brain cancer from Essexville Garber High School. And another one, Ryan Smeagol to a DIPG, which is a tumor in the brain stem. Uh, in fact, the Michigan State football team wore fight with Smeag's bracelets, and when Shalit Galhoun got a sack a couple of years ago against Western, he flashed the the fight with Smeag's bracelets. So I've had friends affected by cancer before, and it it, it, it sucks. <laughs> they say cancer sucks. It sucks.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely be sending on the card to Philip. So uh, let's let's get things off to a little happier note. And I will also ask, um, do you have anything else to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast?
1: You know, Tom, I'm just excited for the game this weekend. And I'm, it's been a great conversation that we've been able to have tonight. And thank you for having me on. It's been fun.
0: Oh, definitely. And thanks for reaching back to me. And I hope that this gets to... A, this show gets to a ton of people, and I hope to get some calls and stuff like that for other people to come on to the Tom Green show. So thanks a lot, Meredith. You've been great. I uh, hope this show has been great, and I hope people, the people that listen to the show think it's great as well. So she is Meredith Gorman, and this has been the Tom Green Podcast.